All right, welcome to the Mitch and His Dad podcast. I am Mitch, and with me, as always, is my dad. Howdy. Uh, episode X, the Big Ten. Huh? It's the Big X, yeah, this is the X. Yeah. I see you still chomping on them cigarettes. <laughs> yes, I chomp on them. That's it. <laughs> you will die from it. Uh, I don't know. There's one a, day. Uh, not, not tomorrow, but one day. Well, good. Uh, I was hoping, because I, I got a lot of stuff I need to finish up tomorrow. I don't, I don't want to die. Yeah, you got you to gotta have time to finish up. Yeah, you know, you don't want to die unexpectedly. You've got to you know, get, get your plans in order, make sure everything's uh, taken care of. Okay, now, the difference in what we have here now, mm-hmm. for some reason, before, I used to actually hear you on my computer. The computer sound was your voice. Oh, okay. You couldn't hear me, obviously, unless I had on a mic here. Yeah. I was hearing your voice over the computer. Now I'm hearing it in my, in my earphones and not on a computer. So that's where it should be. Hmm. Well, what's interesting is, uh, yeah, that is how it should be. And I think because of that... Um Skype is actually recording. Yeah, it looks like an expensive thing you got there. <laughs> it actually wasn't too bad. It looks somebody. And it looks like I have like some crazy uh uh thousand dollar radio set up here now, but uh, the whole the whole thing with the stand and the shock mount and the mic was like hundred and thirty, I think. So Oh jeez. Yeah, not bad at well, all. Well sure looks sure looks professional. It sounds good from, from my early tests. I've had it for ten minutes, so <laughs> curious how it'll turn out but my early tests just now sounded pretty good so well that's good i'm glad we got all this hooked up together i was going to talk about the uh golden globe awards which are sort of a preview of the oscars which is a big deal in my life i'm such a movie fanatic yeah yeah <clears throat> christian bale and i think i told you last time i really thought he should win a supporting actor award for the fighter and sure enough, he won. Huh. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't win the Oscars. Well, he was—he stole the movie away from the so-called starter movie, which I don't think this guy can't, can't hold a candle to Christian Bale. Christian Bale can play some parts now. Yeah. I mean, this part, he was so different. For one thing, he was skinny, skinny. He must have lost 40 pounds. I mean, he was like real thin. Marky Mark or uh, Bale? Bale. Oh, okay. And uh, Marky Mark, you can't even, you know, he's not the same part league. Apparently he but, really uh, hates when people call him Marky Mark, so that's that's what I'm going to call him. That's you know. why we need to do that, yeah. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 just, I don't have I, I any don't, issues with the I guy. Mean, and, he may be the nicest guy in the world and like watching ball games, so I, I'm not speaking of him personally. Yeah, yeah. He's just not a real good actor. But he has he has come a long way, and even his brother's an actor now. Well, I, his uh, his role in why uh, I suddenly can't remember the damn name of it, the Martin Scorsese film, the in the what the hell was that called? Uh, the Departed. No, oh, The Departed. Yeah, he did really well in that. I thought. I mean, it was it was very much outside of his you normal know, role. You know what you got to think of? Think of the little bit part you had in a TV show. <laughs> Now, okay. that TV show is not was not extremely well written, I can say. Mm-hmm. And I would say within a week of practice, you could have played any part in there except maybe the lead character and been very believable. I mean, acting is not. <clears throat> they gave they gave uh, Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> He gave him very few lines in this movie. For him being the, you know, the supposed star of the movie, he didn't have a lot to say. They, they, and I noticed that if you watch his movies, you will not see, you will see less dialogue from him than you would see from somebody who's one of the headline stars. Now the other thing is he produces a lot now. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's got all kinds and of stuff going. That yeah. that's that's what I'm told. I'm talking to some people in Hollywood that uh, that's the reason why there's so many producers on every movie now. You know, if you look at an older movie like The Godfather or, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or, you know, some kind of great 
movie from back in the 70s or 80s. When it gets to the producer, there's one guy. Woody Allen movies. Right, right. One director, one producer, one writer. Now, yeah. Woody's, so he was all the same thing. But now, when you're watching him roll the credits in the beginning, there'll be between 8 and 15 producers. Wow. You will not see less than 8. And they give them different names. Executive producer, uh, you know, assistant producer, co-producer. Right, right. But there's there's all kinds of producers. Well, what's happened is that's now become a way to get into the movies is to have a friend that's a producer that'll give you some job on the movie and you get your name and credits on the producer and then you kind of end the deal well that's that's what that's what Wahlberg has done that's how I got my first uh, movie role I, well actually I knew the uh, I knew the assistant director yeah I mean that's the way you do it I mean there's no doubt about it Although it I, was don't, an art- I don't think the movie I was in was ever actually released in the U.S. and it was a it was a Rob Schneider film. <laughs> I, d- really? I don't know if it ever even came out. I think it did. I think it went straight to DVD in the U.S. It actually well, was it- one of the more clever ideas I've heard for a Rob Schneider film. Um, but you know, whatever. But yeah, it's a very similar. Uh, you know who, who you know, and so on and so forth. By the way, the Rob De Niro movie that world premiered at the Anwood Theater in Dallas that I saw and met Bobby, as they call him. Mm-hmm. The name of that movie is What Just Happened. All right. Yeah, I remember the. I remember it seeing trailers total, for that. It was totally not accepted in the theaters. It never did get very wide exposure. It played in a few of the art theaters. But the, the uh, cable runs it almost every day on one of the cable channels. You'll see it on there if you ever if you ever watch cable. Yeah, movies. I mean I've seen it. Yeah, on the on demand, I've actually seen it a few times, and it's just always you know I'm about to go to bed. I, if I if I put on a movie yeah. that I actually want to see, I'm I'm it's pointless. I'm not going to see it. Actually, uh, I've seen it three times now, including the preview. You know the thing I saw the first time, yeah. and I like it better each time I watch it because I can see. Arrow was trying to get at with the movie. At first, you're kind of thinking, well, this is going to be sort of a a sophisticated comedy. And it was funny. It did have funny parts to it. But at the same time, it is about a producer that's sort of hanging on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good little movie. But anyway, and uh, then the movie Social Network won the movie of the year, which will also probably win an Oscar. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, when I was... uh, you know, I've only recently even really heard. You know, I always thought the Golden Globes were like a really big deal, and then I, you know, thought it was it was just like a miniature Academy Awards, which to some degree it is. But listening to various uh, entertainers and stuff um, talk about it for months in advance, and uh, and Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s speech, uh, I don't think it was last year, but maybe like two two years ago, something like that, where he won for Sherlock Holmes, and the movie wasn't even out yet. And, yeah. Uh, and it, he was sort of made a mockery of the whole thing, and and I, I was like, what is this hollowed foreign press or whatever? And then I was listening yeah. to entertainers talk about it recently, and about like they were reading off the categories of things. They have one that's like best comedy or musical, and it was like, wait a minute, that, why why is that one category? What is the matter with you people? And it's sort of like well, the whole thing's a joke. It also includes all the TV shows. The yeah, Golden Globe also gets award for the TV shows. Like I feel like yeah. nobody takes it seriously though, because it's such a weird. Like they they pick the weirdest movies, and it's movies that in a lot of cases haven't even been released yet. I just kind of like it because it's it's it it's kind of a, well, I like anything like like that's connected to that kind of thing. That's but it, I just kind of like the uh, preview nature of it. Yeah, you know, that, it's very. Very close to what will happen in the Oscars. There will be some different. Are you familiar with Melissa Leo? Uh, no, no. Can't say girl. I am. She's I mean, been playing more and more movies. The first time I ever saw her was in, uh, on cable on uh, the old Homicide uh, cable show. Hmm. What was the name? Homicide uh, Crime in the I don't know. CSI, well, everybody, CSI, everybody in Homicide, which was a series, I think it was on for maybe four years, mm-hmm. four seasons. Uh, everybody that was in Homicide has become a 
an actor in the movies. I mean, they all get really good movies. And Melissa, Melissa Leo, she's a craggy, unattractive, little, short, thin woman. She's just a tremendous actress. And it was funny. You could see her in that homicide, and you knew that you would see her again, you know. And sure enough, now she's playing in a lot of movies, and she played a, she played Wahlberg's mother in uh, The Fighter, and she won a Golden Globe for the supporting actor. So, actress. So the supporting actress, Melissa Leo and Christopher Bale, the supporting actor, both won Oscars. I mean, uh, Golden Globe. <laughs> One of those will probably... I, I think Bale's going to win the, the Oscar. I mean, I don't see how they can even... I mean, think about anybody. It seems like uh, hasn't he already won? I feel like he's already won an Oscar, didn't he? For like the Machinist. Well, I don't. Well, you know what he should have won for? I don't care what anybody says. It was a great movie, American Psycho. Oh, that was a great film. Oh yeah. Oh man, he was so good in that movie. That was a good. You can watch that over and over again. I mean, it's. I do, man. <laughs> I, I've probably yeah, bought like three like different old, special editions of it. I mean, he was so. And the thing is, that was one of those movies that I went to see and didn't know what it was going to be about at all. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And even about halfway through it, I was—I didn't know what it was going to be about. I mean, it was, uh, you know, because he was this like stockbroker guy with the—they—they they used to compare their personal cards as to who oh, printed yeah. them the best and all that stuff. That business you know, card was, scene I, is I like the best. It. I was enjoying all that part of it, and I didn't realize he was going to be a real psycho. <laughs> Well, this is the, the the thing about that movie that's like kind of it's it's sort of like Inception with the uh, with the uh, the uh, the spinning top is like uh, was he really you know like not so much was he really psycho but did he do any of the things in the film because at the yeah. end you know it talks to the guy he's like I I was with Paul Allen last night in London and that happens to be the exact place that uh, the Christian Bale had said that he was going to be. You know what I mean? On his answering machine before he pseudo killed him. So did he imagine the phone call, or not the phone call, but the uh, did he imagine the uh, the conversation he had with the lawyer and the phone call, let's say, uh, or did he actually kill the guy? You know, are you know what I'm saying? Or, or did he not kill the guy and, and the conversation was real? I tell you, I, it's it's a somewhat of a mystery because I mean I don't think you really know that. You know, I mean it's not. Like Inception, I've only seen it once, and I saw it at the theater. I'm going to watch it again on cable because mm-hmm. it's out on cable right now. And Already? Jesus, that was quick. I actually left early. Ah. I just liked it so much. I didn't even stay to the end. But then, as I got to thinking about it, I read uh, there's a guy named Joe Mortensen who writes for the Wall Street Journal. He does the movie reviews. He's my favorite review guy to read. And I was reading the piece he did about it, and I thought to myself, now, you know, I missed the whole deal with that movie, so now I've got to watch it again. <laughs> Do you know what it was about? I mean, could you figure it out? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was I, like, that's the thing. Is, it didn't seem that confusing to me for all the talk that people had. Yeah, but I what is it about? Con- I mean, what, what, is, what is the... I mean, if you uh, walked out before it ended, I, I feel it, like... He controls their dreams or something. I don't know. There, it's yeah, more or less. Yeah, they can trigger somebody into a state of of dreaming and sort of use and manipulate what they'll dream about based on um, discussions ahead of time. Sort of, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? NLP, I think it is. Nonlinear program, uh, not NLP. Um, you know, neuro linguistic, yeah, neuro linguistic programming. They can sort of trigger people into dreams, and then they, through that, can control their own dreams, all of them independently. So they control themselves t- together as like, okay, we'll all meet up at this spot, and we've got this guy because we we sort of triggered him into this dream, and uh, yeah, and they can basically <laughs> control to some degree. You know, they can control what the guy sees in the dream. That's the architect. Um, and then there's uh, some guys that are just there to you know keep track of the time, and everybody's got a different role. I don't remember all the roles, but everybody's got a different role. And and Leo DiCaprio is like the guy who's, uh, you know, he's a talker. He's good at you know keeping. I'm just gonna have to watch it again. That's yeah. all. I have a different thing in my mind now when I watch it. But for one thing, it was way too long for me. I mean, I was like, <laughs> God, this movie is never gonna end. And I just got up and left. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty long, but I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't really that confused. I mean, I and look, I never figure movies out. Like I'm I'm an I'm maybe after the fact, but M Night Shyamalan gets me every time. Is what I tell people. I, I'm dumb. I don't pick up on clues. No, he's made like one movie worth a hoot. The rest of them, anybody could make. I mean, most his movies. Six Sense, that was it. And, like and the problem with that movie, you can't watch it again because you know the you yeah. know the end. Did you like Unbreakable? Well, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of like Signs. You know, I, like I mean, signs. Yeah. signs. I watched a few times. That was pretty good. I watched it too. I mean, I, liked, uh, I, I really the village took me by surprise, big time. I really oh, was, really liked that. That was horrible. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. But yep. that is that is definitely a film that you can never watch twice. You would have zero reason to watch twice. Six yeah, Sense, I could see watching twice, if only to pick up on the clues again. Yeah, I did. That's what you I know. did the second time I watched. I watched it twice. The second time I watched it, I was trying to, I was trying to see if maybe they slipped up or something. You know, that maybe maybe he does something that he wouldn't be doing if he was an actual person or something. You know, it's one of right, my favorite right. movies that everybody hates because most guys my age don't like Tom Cruise, and I love Tom Cruise. But I can watch this movie. I bet you I've watched it six times, including about a week ago. Vanilla Sky. Yes, I was about to say, Vanilla Sky? Yes, uh, that was so good. When he pulls out, when he pulls out into uh, Central Park West in his Jaguar and uh, oh, his Ferrari, and there's nobody around... Because I read what they did to shoot that film. They had to shoot it at like 6 o'clock in the morning, and it cost them like $500,000 to have all that traffic blocked for that for that scene where he drove to Times oh, Square yeah, and yeah. got out of the car and started yelling. Yeah. I mean, that was a tremendous scene. I mean, you know, you just don't see. Most people just don't get time. I love Tom Cruise. All the Mission Impossible and... I mean, all of that stuff. I, I just, uh, I think it's he's terrific. It's an unfortunate thing. I, I have, I have almost complete disdain for him as a person. But I will admit, he's a great actor, and there's very few films that he's been in that I didn't at least enjoy his role in. I yeah, will admit that. that. But I, I mean, as a, you know, it's him as a person, uh, despicable. I don't know about that. I have no idea. I mean, I know he's some kind of. Scientologist or something. It's it's really but, uh, it wouldn't be. I understand that he's a very nice person and he's very um he takes care of staff on movies. He's very uh, warm and he takes care of you yeah. know, extras, stunt doubles. I've met some of his stunt doubles. I've worked with them before um, on that TV show, in fact. Um, and they had nothing but nice things to say about him. In that regard, you know, I like it, but. Um, what I don't like is it's it's all under kind of this ruse of, of um, you know Scientology and it's it's very he's very heavy handed with that stuff and he gets very very creepy just like very creepy about his stuff and he does like you know he's evangelical about it and it it bothers me and he goes on talk shows and he's like people need to get off of meds and don't trust psychiatrists and oh psychiatry by the way was invented by Nazis and anybody who gives you pills is is you know a anti-Semitic Jew-killing Nazi? <laughs> it's like, are you insane? Like, you know, <laughs> it's that like, don't purport to speak on people's mental health and then say that Scientology is the answer. You know, um, but you know, you have a you have a very distinct problem with re religiosity. <laughs> That's fair to say. <laughs> Yeah, well, I have a very so, personal issue with Scientology because well, it's just it's a boring subject. With them, you have yeah, such a, you just so one-sided with it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know, I yeah. just uh, if some if he was just he just if it was just another religion, I don't think I'd care nearly as much. It's it's the variety of things that they done as a as an organization. Um, well, they got a lot of movie stars fooling around with that stuff. I don't know what the deal is, but. I mean, uh, that's all very briefly. Uh, the easiest way to explain it is if I say to you, like, hey, I, uh, you want to know how to make it in this business, come to this seminar. You know, uh, we've helped Tom Cruise and uh, John Travolta and, you know, Danny Elfman, uh, Jenna Elfman. Uh, you know, we've helped all these people. You know, we can show you the secrets. And you get in there and it turns out to be like a more or less religious seminar. And you're like, ah, I'm iffy. I don't know that I buy this whole thing. But. 
there's a private party afterwards, and guess who's going to be there? Tom Cruise and John Travolta and, you know, so on and so forth. You can walk right up to them and shake their hand. And they like to hire from within the organization, you know, uh, directors and actors and producers and stuff from within the organization. So, you know, it's a gentleman's club in a way, or a a, a lodge. (laughs) It's like the Elks Lodge, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. A A private club. So... That's that's how that's how they have so many stars basically. Yeah. Stars beget stars. Stars love other stars. You know. Well, that's like that in every walk of life. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Absolutely. But um, anyway, the. Um, oh, I was going to ask uh, the Golden Globes. There was a. I heard a clip because I was listening to Adam Carolla's podcast, and he uh, he has this kind of ongoing theory. He was like, De Niro's an amazing actor and everything else, and, and he's heard nothing but good things him, about him as a person. He says, but I always get the impression that he's just not very bright. He's a great actor, but he's just not very bright. And he and he said, he's been saying this for a while. And then uh, uh, I guess he got sort of a Lifetime Achievement Award the other night. And uh, he said, okay, remember I've been saying, Robert here, I get the impression he's not very bright. Listen to this speech. And you, it's such an it was such an awkward sounding speech um, from from the way that he tried to deliver the jokes to the fact that he didn't say anything personal about yeah. his life. There was nothing off the cuff. It was very read off the teleprompter, and 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 even at that, <laughs> again, there was no passion to it. He wasn't selling any part of the jokes. It, 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 it didn't talk about yeah. himself. Didn't have like a personality kind of thing going. Uh, you know, it, it you know what I you know what I so, feel so you know what I what feel you about that. Yeah, having seen so many plays and movies and stuff. Yeah, the better an actor is on the screen or on the stage, the shyer they are. In other words, the people like a De Niro is very shy in real life. He's not he's not a vociferous public speaking type guy. Now, whether he's intelligent or sharp or something, right? A lot of times, artists are so their brain is such focused on some art they do that there's a lot of stuff that are just common sense things that they don't they don't participate in, and therefore they don't know much about it. Therefore, they sound like they're kind of stupid. But I notice artists are that way, generally speaking. They just don't have like. Uh, one of my big heroes of all time is Frank Lloyd Wright, the great architect. And uh, anytime we're in a city, Jenny and I, where they have a Frank Lloyd Wright building or house or mansion or whatever, we usually try to make it over there. Now, one of his famous ones is right there in Scottsdale, Tally Essen. And uh, and they got you know the Frank Lloyd Wright. When you hear it, when you see a film of Frank Lloyd Wright was obviously Superman when it came to designing things and very artistic. But when you hear a, an actual film clip and see a film clip and hear him talking, you're thinking, gee, this guy, he don't know much about anything. I mean, he's kind of... That's, that's what I'm saying. I think that's the way most of them are. That's why somebody like Sean Penn that just won that Oscar for playing the queer mayor of San, Diego, San Francisco... Uh, to me, he's he's not an actor. Great, great he's just an activist, but he's a very intelligent guy. You don't think he's but, a good actor? No, really? Okay. I don't put him up there with anybody. He's that reminds he's me play, of a, uh, he, he's very good at playing like he's a good actor. I don't know how to say that, but that's what it is. He actually actually see what you're talking about, yes. He actually portrays himself as a good actor. He, he's very strange, but he's, he's, he's right sharp. He's parody if you were to write a character in a film that, that was that was like a, a send-up of Hollywood. You could write a Sean Penn character with, with a, oh, yeah. in, the, in the simplest manner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, now, uh, I'll tell you, in the female side of things... Again, in the movie The Fighter, a movie that I was trying to avoid going to see, but it was so many nominated things, I had to go see it. And the worst thing in it was Wahlberg. But anyway, the girl, his girlfriend is played by uh, Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. And I have now, Amy Adams is one of those ones that, that, Carol, that uh, uh, Meryl Streep played in a movie called Doubt. And it's about these two nuns, and, you know, it's anyway, it's a story about 
a priest that they suspected being gay. Anyway, she played this in that movie. Amy Adams played this real gentle. I mean, she would she would get in the movie. She would actually cringe when somebody spoke loudly. You know, she was like that kind of act, that kind of character. And after the movie, uh, Meryl Streep was quoted as saying that this young girl is going to be one of our great actresses. And I've seen her now in about three movies, but this one, The Fighter, that I just saw her in when she played the, the girlfriend, I mean, she was so good in that. The problem with it is Melissa Leo was the one that got the nomination for Supporting Actress instead of her getting it. And you really couldn't argue with that. But I think you're going to see this this Amy Adams really uh, really come on because she is she's really a good actress. She's a beautiful woman, beside, but she's I mean she can play a dirty, slutty kind of person and then play a nun. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> she's really good. So anyway, that's what I'm always looking for is people that are coming up that look like they're going to be something. Hmm. I, in a I don't way know if I've act. seen her before. I'm looking at photos. You probably have seen her. She's played in a in a, in, a, in a lot of these uh, sort of comedy, uh, you know, dating type thing where you know oh, there's two yeah, couples on a honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she before. she's played in those, and she gets mixed up with Rachel McAdams, right, right, because they have that same sort of Adams name. Yeah, yeah. And, and and they they don't look alike, but they kind of remind you of each other. <laughs> hmm. Rachel McAdams is pretty good too. But anyway, um, I would say the Social Network is going to win the Oscar only because of the political politically correctness of California. I don't see how I don't see how they could possibly not give it to you know the jewel of uh, of uh, San Jose's. Silicon Valley. I mean, they got to give it. I don't know. I I will say that that when I first heard there was going to be a Facebook movie, I thought that is the worst idea I've heard of in a long time. And oh, I, I did too. Yeah, and then I heard David Fincher was involved, and I was like, really? He's smarter than that. And then uh, then I heard, <laughs> well, it's actually a story about the history of the thing in, in the whole Mark Zuckerberg trial. I was like, oh, that sounds just boring now. Not terrible and cashing in but just boring and then it came out and i don't know anybody who wasn't shocked that it was really good everybody was like that was, is surprisingly was totally. really good you know well it was well written it was that very seems the well kind written. of movie that you would get an that it would get an oscar is because it was surprisingly good you know what i'm saying yeah I but think, i think uh, california there's enough jews running hollywood that uh <laughs> Over that movie. There is a guy who writes for uh, Suckberg. I believe New York Times. I want to say I had to look it up. I was I was hearing about it today. There was a guy apparently uh, who wrote a wrote an article uh, debunking the Jews in Hollywood myth. I need to find it. I can't speak about it because I don't know what it says or anything. I just understand that he did a lot of research. About it, and, and he was. Uh, he was. This is from the Adam Carolla podcast uh, this morning, and it was interesting because Adam Carolla said, you know, because he was working. Adam Carolla worked in construction and stuff like for a very long time until he called a radio station one day. To uh, he also was a boxing trainer, and he called up to talk to Jimmy Kimmel because Jimmy Kimmel was going to get in a you know celebrity oh, boxing match, and he's like, hey, I'll I'll train you because he just wanted to somehow get into radio, and he thought, well, this will be the way I'll make friends with this guy. And now they're like best friends, but uh, uh, he said, you know, going through the construction, growing up, and everything. All, everybody would call him Italian because he is—he's Carolla, he's Italian. And he said that the moment he, he started getting into you know show business, radio, and things like this, people were like, "Well, you know what it's like—you're Jewish." And he's like, suddenly everybody thought I was Jewish. All my life, everybody thought I was Italian, which I am. And then suddenly I'm in show business; everybody thinks I'm a Jew. <laughs> you know, and, and so Jimmy uh, Kimmel uh, is an example of somebody. I mean, certainly you have more talent to do whatever he thinks he can do. You know what I mean? He, he is he, he's one of those guys that just got work some kind of way. I mean, he's totally I don't know. I can't I don't get him at all from the standpoint of talent. There's got to be 20 million people that can do what he does. Yeah, I don't know. I I like <laughs> him. I don't have a problem with him. I I think he's personable and uh 
he's he's witty. Uh, he's uh, I think he's witty. I, you know, for whatever it's, it's just like I the guy that there's a guy now that's got you probably never seen him. I'm trying to think of his name, Chris something. He he's now like the uh, for Fox Sports when they do a football game. He's like the introduction. He does the introduction, like the half hour pregame show. He'll be like the moderator. You know, he doesn't announce the game or anything. Right, right. Like moderator guy. And uh, he, I'm watching. I'm thinking, God, how did that guy get that job? I mean, he's just. He's got this little whiny voice. He tries to be funny in a football game. It doesn't fit. You know, it's just, hmm. he, I don't know. I'm thinking, how did he get that job? I think that about a lot of those younger guys. There's a guy on Bloomberg News like that. He comes on like 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he's just terrible. I mean, you can't hear him. He, you know, he's, he's mispronounces words. I mean, he's just terrible. Yeah. I guess there's a shortage of people. I don't know who it must be. Well, it's like uh, I mean, I I've thought for for many many years that that my in a way my true calling or I think what I would enjoy doing more than anything would be a talk show like you know Johnny Carson or something like that. Um, yeah, and that might sound weird, but it's like, and that's not something I ever thought. No, I'd it be doesn't sound in. weird at all. You would have the perfect personality for that. Well, like, plus you uh, got the when voice. I, when I did the uh, when I did that show on Inner TV, RL Salvation, I did it with uh, I did it for like three years, and and then uh, ostensibly Nad became my my co-host. Uh, he originally was just he would come by every once in a while, and he became like, my co-host because he's he's just insane and uh, he pushes buttons. Um, but he knows, you know, he. Yeah, I could listen way. to Ned, a guy like Ned, I could listen to for a long time because he would have all kinds of outlandish. <laughs> well, that was the whole thing. It was like this this fun dichotomy <laughs> is I kept you know I'm insane in in most way you know like I'm usually the wild crazy one, but when it's he and I together, I'm the straight like you know very calm and reserve you know everything's organized and and adds this whirlwind of just mess and crazy um anyway so it occurred to me when i when i bought this mic set up here because i've been doing my uh, youtube series again and uh you know i wanted to do this for the podcast as well i was like i need something you know more a boom mic thing so now i have two studio mics I have two uh, video cameras, uh, webcam and whatever have you. I have I have a fast broadband connection. There is no reason that I can't do the show that Nat and I used to do out of my apartment live and then tape it as I'm doing it and put it up as both an audio podcast and a and the video archive on that U stream site I was telling you about. And I was yeah. like, I could literally run the entire show the way I've always wanted to and archive it like I've always wanted to because that was always. But do you have annoyance. a way to? Is there a way to have those things where you have guests like the guy I was telling you? You had mentioned his name and then I found him, mm. and he he does a podcast. And what's his name? He's a real popular guy. I mean, he's got all kind of stuff. The guy you told me about, he's he was a comedian, and he's got his. He had he had, in fact he has a thing where his dad comes on. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was What's Adam Carolla. That was the one I was just talking yeah, about. Yeah, Adam yeah. Carolla, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well he's, like, got a, he has he's got his own his studio. Podcast. Like, he bought a studio. They call it Carolla One Studios, and, yeah, he has Is guests all the time. Is that what you need to be able to have guests and stuff? Uh, I think about it. Yeah, I would like to. I mean, it's it's, it's easier in a studio a call, to get guests to come in. in What's that? How about a call-in guest? Uh, I, I would like to, again. There's ways to do it. There's ways to do it through that Ustream thing. Uh, I figure as I learn more, as I do the show, I'll, I'll, I'll see if we had like that. all in segment, it would be really fun. All right, well, we can, I and mean, we can look into it. I mean, I, I was looking to see if there's a way to do, you know, basically from Skype to Ustream. And if we do it that way, we can actually let people call in through Ustream. And we could see them on the thing and all that. And we could actually see their face if we wanted to. Yeah. It, if they have, otherwise it would just be audio, but um, yeah. So basically, what it comes down to is, I realized I could I could do the show as I've always wanted to, archive it so that I could keep an audience instead of just there, you know, whatever. And uh, I've been telling some people who, you know, it's hard to find the fans anymore because it's been so many years since I did anything, and and slowly the word is spreading that it's coming back. I was like, we're gonna do it again, and Nad's all excited. So, see, uh, I think I'm, on a right I'm, I'm excited about that, like, like doing a talk show again, doing that show. And I'm really excited to see what I can do with zero 
politics. Nobody is hanging over my head or, or getting in my way. <laughs> and no religion. <laughs> and no religion, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just a lot of that it, kind of stuff. So I think you're on the right track of trying to have some kind of a... I mean, if, I think if if I was in, in your age group and the time that we're in now with my personality, that's what I would be just concentrating on is some kind of a entertainment show with all my crazy ways of explaining things and <laughs> yeah. you know have people that could call in have people that you could have them on the camera you know all that stuff that you're saying yeah and well, what we think did if, you had somebody is, like, if you had somebody uh, like Ned with you geez that'd be well that, I mean, that's what I'm saying we ran the show for three years five nights a week every week for three years I mean I have, yeah, I have hundreds of hours Literally hundreds of hours of the show on DVD in my room. Just boxes of DVDs <laughs> of this show. I can't do yeah. anything with them because the company that I signed the contract with to split the rights, if we ever tried to profit, um, they that company went under. And so I wouldn't even know the legal side of it. Yeah. So whatever. Um, but but we did have a, uh, we did have a thing where, where people could... Uh, type in to the show as we were doing the show and it would, it would come up in face yeah. and uh, Ustream has that now it's like a chat room basically so in a sense we would have a live fully interactive audience talking at us the whole time so there's always a fresh topic always we could figure out what people want us to talk about we could find out like what's you know it just it's not just like you and I talking where we don't really have a set topic or anybody now you're telling not, us what Now you're talking about. about recording this though, not doing it live because you'd, be, you'd have to be able to edit it because, you, you know, no, you'd have both. people coming up with all kinds of stuff. No, I, look, it doesn't, people are going to chat. I mean, that's, if people are going to chat to each other and call each other names, well, I don't care. It's their own thing. And when I did the show before, it was just a straight. It was a live stream, and we had people iming in. Yeah, I was the people only calling up, no, making not, people calling, calling people names and all that. Not like calling; they were iming. They were typing into a window that only oh, I they were could, typing. Okay. that only I could see. And I would okay. tell guests when they came in, "Look, it's completely uncensored, unfiltered. People will type sometimes harrowing stuff. Like they might fully rip into you. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know." You know, I'll, I'll do my best. You know, I'll be respectful. But if I say so and so wants to know, blah blah blah, that's not yeah. me saying that. That's like literally somebody asked, and I'm like, well, that's kind of a, a fucking question, as, as as mean as spirited as it is, whatever. And it, it it created some interesting things because that's I th that's one of the reasons why people love uh, Howard Stern. He doesn't let anybody get away with uh, bullshit, basically. You know what I mean? He doesn't let people just fly off the head, you know, lie to him. Yeah. Not, well, not just him, but you got a whole, you know, he's got five people in the studio yelling at one guest at once. You can't get away with anything there. You have to, you know, they'll drill you on a certain question until you cough up. And that's what people want to hear when they hear certain celebrities go on. They're like, oh, this is a celebrity that's in the news lately over some scandal. We want to hear the truth uncensored, you know, and, and get the get an answer out of them. And uh, yeah, so that was the same kind of thing. And so yeah, people will type and things like that. And and I'll probably have a separate thing off to the side where it's it takes a little bit. There's sort of a barrier of entry on how they would get through it. Um, nothing too difficult, but just if a thousand people are watching, I don't want a thousand people typing at once because I'll lose it. I'll be like, I have no idea what I'm looking at anymore. Um, <laughs> so I would need something separate where people could type, and I could go, okay, yeah. there's a there's a topic, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, it it would be shown live, and as it's shown live, you can actually record it on Ustream, and so it goes on their website as a full video, complete, you know, as it was, I was as it aired, yeah. and then I could take just the audio of that and throw that on iTunes as a podcast. You as, know what? I'm just thinking podcast. people listening to this are not enjoying this part of it. All right, well, now they know what I'll be. <laughs> Now they know what I'll they, be up to on Wednesdays. Well, it, it uh, works as good like marketing, that's for sure. Yeah, so, you know, that'll be exciting. Um, that's right, good. Uh, before I forget. Now I've got about ten more minutes here. Yeah, well, so then you, you got it. Uh, three weeks of me telling you, you got to tell the kitchen story. <laughs> well, you got to bring it up. you got to ask questions. I don't remember the kitchen all right, story. All right, all right, so. I remember the topic, you know, but uh, I don't remember my, what. I'll, what, I'll sum it up, and you can fill in details. Okay, I'll. Well, just ask me a question uh, about it. Now, 
But you know, hey, Bob, does it make okay, this is the this is the beginning part of it, from what I remember, and I might have it wrong. There's something where you had gone to, I believe it was Lowe's, and bought uh, uh, something simple, kind of simple, a stove, I believe it was. Yeah, one of those. Uh, and it was a problem. And they came and they installed it, and it was a problem with it. And you had raised enough of a ruckus that they had 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 gone. It's like they gave well, you the lottery. So management. Yeah. I had to go to upper management. What was the, what was to, the problem with the stove? It's a built-in. It's it's one of those things that the house when the, when the house was built, it had built-in appliances. They were built into the counters, custom fit in there, and we wanted to get a bigger stove, you know, with a bigger oven. We already had a double oven, but it, it was still very narrow. We wanted a big thing. Right. So anyway, when I went to the store to get this measured and, you know, will it fit? And they came out to the house. Oh, yeah, it'll go in there, blah, blah, blah. So the long and the short of it was it didn't fit. And it was a total disaster. They, they, you know, screwed around with the kitchen and they, they just made a real mess. They didn't have the vent that goes into the wall and all that stuff was out of line. It didn't match the back of the stove. I mean, it was a, it was a mess. And, um, so I went up the line some, I went to a regional manager and then I went to the home office over the phone, just complaining my brains out about it. I mean, just, you know, this is ridiculous. And, uh, let's just say I ended up getting quite a deal for them to install it properly. They actually offered to replace all the cabinets in my kitchen. <laughs> because the the stove they got me didn't match the way I had hoped it would. I, I didn't want to go any further than getting a good deal on the stove. But, I mean, they were going to put all new countertops and new cabinets I thought that they. I thought that you said that they like they they hooked you. They gave you like a new fridge and new countertop. Maybe you were saying that they offered that. I I understood that they actually gave you that stuff because you had raised such a fuss. Oh, it was just just the stove. We didn't no. we didn't want to. They had to add one little piece, you know. But uh, I, I just didn't want to. I, I wasn't going to make a big thing out of it because you're talking about I don't know sixteen hundred dollars worth of stuff. But. Uh, I didn't want to go through. For one thing, I was envisioning all the stuff they would have to do to take all the cabinets and the counters. <laughs> I mean, or the kitchen would have been in a hespas for a year, probably. Right. So right. I, I don't need all that. And um, it's one of those ones that has the vent on the top where it doesn't need the overhead vent. What do you call that? Oh, gin uh, air range, range or something. I don't know. It's a gin air. What they call gin air. Okay. It's very nice. It's huge. And uh, so I, I came away happy with Lowe's uh, in the long run. I wanted to ask you whether you were familiar with this uh, new German company that is opening up supermarkets to compete with Walmart supermarkets. It's called Aldi, A-L-D-I. It comes from no. Munich somewhere. Yeah, we have uh, again, a, I live in Hollywood. There's no... My closest well, store is like oh, 10 miles you, away. Yeah. See, we're like, uh, Arlington is like the capital of all <laughs> franchises and chains. Right. It's I can tell market. you that within a mile of my house, okay, mm -hmm. within a mile, I have a Walmart superstore, two Walmart grocery stores, a Tom Thumb supermarket, which is a big chain own, owned by uh, Safeway, okay. Albertson's supermarket, and two Kroger's. Wow. That doesn't count the 7-Elevens and all that stuff. These That's are all insane. huge, massive supermarkets. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Within a mile of my house. I wow. mean, there's no way they can all be making money. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> you'd now think. we got Aldi that's opened across the street from the Kroger and down a block from the Wall Street, Walmart. So I actually had to go in there to shop. This is why I want to bring it up. I just wanted to see what the deal was. Well, it's very communistic-like. I mean, it must have come from East Germany. <laughs> because outside, they have this row of baskets, you know, to push cards. And each one has a little chain lock on it. And what you have to do is you take a quarter, and you stick it in this little hole, 
Mm-hmm. And that unlocks it. Okay? Okay. So it costs water to use the, the use, the use the, the cart. If you return the cart back to its original spot, it'll let you pull your quarter out. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I Seriously. guess that's, that's one way to cut okay, down so then when you go in cart the store, When you go in the store, they're not as big as like a Kroger or something or a right, Safeway. Right. And the aisles are real narrow, and they're real high. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't see anything but this wall of groceries on both sides. And all the product is what they call private label. In other words, there's no Kellogg's or Campbell's Soup right, right. or no brand names. It's all private label, and it's cheap. Mm, you know, like for instance, oatmeal. We buy Quaker oatmeal costs like three fifty, three twenty five. Their oatmeal is a dollar ninety nine, same size. Well, that's that's like Costco's got Keir, Kierland and uh, Ralph's out here has. Uh, yeah, we oh, got I Costco. Remember. I think Ralph's just has Ralph's and yeah, like, different stores have like yeah the home brand different things. They're, yeah, but this is yeah. The, yeah. I don't know of any st- all these stores have private label products. Yeah, yeah, but not, they all, not solely oh, not solely private label. Yeah, this is true. That's what I'm saying. This store is all private label. It's just it's it's incredible. So then. I bought like four items. I mean, I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, yeah. Because you're so big on I'm, brands. I'm, I'm going to the checkout line. I just wanted the experience of going in the store one time. Mm-hmm. Go through the checkout line, and uh, the way they have it set up, you roll your basket to the end, and they take the groceries and put them back in the basket. So then you say, well, do I get a bag or something for the groceries? Ten cents a bag. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. oh, it was nice. amazing. I couldn't wait to get out of there. But well, now see, what's it was funny better- is that's actually that's it's relatively common here. Is that you go to stores? Uh, it's increasingly happening. You go to stores and they'll charge you for every plastic bag, or you can buy uh, like a very nice, yeah, you know, sturdy tote bag kind of thing, and it's like a dollar. You know, <laughs> and it's like, but it's it's actually I like it when they do that because it it fits over your shoulder and it's not a plastic bag; it's gonna rip, and you can fit a crap load of groceries in like a tote bag thing. So I can sling the stuff over my shoulder, and I hands free, I'm walking with a week's worth of groceries. It's killer. So I'll do that for two bucks. Well, no problem. You know, uh, when you when you live in an area like that, it, it actually is appealing to me to live in an area like that because when we were in New York City in Manhattan. And you just kind of stroll around, right. you know, because it's all very expensive places to live. Although some of them don't look that expensive. They're all, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But you walk down some of the little shady streets that are in and around and you know, some of the neighborhoods. And there's a lot of stores. They're all independently owned little stores. And there's a lot of walking going on. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. people don't drive anywhere. They, they, they don't have shopping carts full of groceries that they load into their SUV and all of that. They don't do that. Yeah, yeah. They do like what you're saying. They got two arms full of bags <laughs> or, or two big sacks. Yeah, yeah. And they're just going home. I mean, they're going back to the apartment. They may shop two two days later. Yeah. You know, my mother, when I grew up, it was just the three of us, my mother, dad, and me. And the grocery store was like less than a half a block from the house. Right. She would go to the grocery store every day. Elsa. <laughs> she would just go down there and get a bag of groceries and come home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in that position. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. Uh, you know, when I, when I didn't have a car, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, don't, I can't buy so many groceries that I can't walk them home. And I can't go to a real grocery store because I don't have a car. So it's, you, you buy little pieces here and there, yeah. The urban living is 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 very attractive to me. I, I like the idea of everything right. being right there. You know, you just kind of walk around. Right, right, right. Well, like I, mean, I remember, we have to get in the car to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Where I, I live, right. that's not necessarily the case. And this is why I like it's it. It's just kind of activating. Well, I I remember I, I know you got to go in a minute, but I remember uh, I I use this quote all the time, usually when I'm in Phoenix, because there's no WalMarts in L.A., which I know you like. Um, oh yeah. And uh, and I told, uh, for instance, Meredith's boyfriend, my my sister's Meredith, uh, 
I was telling him about your quote from Walmart. I said, my my father says that the uh, that the increased price you pay other places than Walmart is insurance to guarantee that place will still exist in ten years. <laughs> If I, do I have that quote right? I probably screwed yeah, that quote yeah. up, but that's basically yeah, your... Uh, just a, it's by just not a shopping at Walmart, you're paying... That, that extra price is insurance. Yeah. To ensure that there's a place other than Walmart still there to shop <laughs> Well, I tell you, if you, you leave it up to them, they will take over the world. Because I can remember when I used to call on Walmart and sell them products many years ago. And that was when... when uh, when the original uh, owner was around, Sam and right? they they didn't like the fact that salesmen that sold them product were actually paid to sell them product. <laughs> In other words, they wanted the manufacturers to not pay the salesmen. <laughs> they wanted the price that they were paying me to right. be deducted from the the oh, the invoice that they received. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. But they always have a, some kind of a control mechanism. Now, here's the thing about groceries. Though. You know, I save like $2,000 a year buying groceries at Walmart. <laughs> you, it's you a lot. Of, shop, so you do shop at Walmart now? Absolutely. The grocery store. It's right. called a, it's called a uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's not a regular big Walmart. Walmart. It's just a grocery right? store. It's called the Neighborhood Market. Anyway, wait, wait a minute. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get going. Okay. Things are happening. All right, no worries, no worries. I get my, okay. uh, um, my booking people. I'm sorry I didn't make the kitchen story better, but we need about like a half an hour to all go right. through it's all right. it's all different... Right. Different uh, levels of. I, 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 I thought that you had actually taken them up on their offer, so I, I misunderstood it to begin with. So. Well, I, I took I'm them sorry up. Sorry, everyone, for that. I screwed that. Up. You know, I, my own memory of it was wrong. So. It's all good. Anyway, that's what they wanted to do. But. It's all good. But uh, we did get the stove, so that's the main thing. All right. Well, next all time right. we talk, we'll uh, talk about Black Swan. Yeah, Black Swan. In fact, uh, what's the name? Portman won the, won the Golden Globe for that. Yeah, there you go. So, good stuff. All right, it was well, a good we'll, movie. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, next time. I watched uh, watched about half of it, so I'll finish. Let's try to let's that. try to do it on a Tuesday next time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna have to soon because I'm doing my show with Nat on Wednesdays. Well, I wish I could. Is there a way for me to listen to you and Ned? Yeah, yeah, you could tune in and watch that. Yeah, we'll be doing it your time. Well, we'll do it right around this. I don't to watch that. Well, I'll give you a URL when I'm ready. You know, um, okay. we're not we're not ready yet, but uh, All right, let me we'll be doing it around this time uh, on Wednesdays. Okay, good. So, well, let's go for Tuesday then. All right, sounds good, Dad. Talk to you later. Good. I love you and miss you. I love you too. Take care. I enjoy doing this, though. This is good. Bunch good night. Take care of yourself. Be careful. All right, Dad. Good night. Bye-bye.